Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass is adding off. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is Frosted Tips with me and my hubby, Turkey Turkey. Hello there. Uh, and my mommy's here right now. Hi, Mom. Hello, everybody. We are in Mississippi. Yeehaw. Um, and uh, we're excited. I came here because my, my nephew's in this group called Brio, which is the big show choir in Brandon, Mississippi. Now, if you know me, you know I come from the show choir world. So he sure does. I'm a proud, proud uncle. I came from Attaché, the number one show choir in the world, undisputed. Well, now Brio, this group of Brandon, in just the last couple of years, yeah. have become a big group. And they are competition for yeah. my old group. They're coming for you. And I feel like I'm cheating a little bit. Because I was at the Brio thing. I introduced the group. You know, I, my, my loyalty is always with Attaché, but I got some loyalty to Brio now. Because it's my family. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it was a great. I mean, if you don't know show choir, and a lot of people think of it as glee, it ain't glee. It is. It's way bigger. Vocal than glee. adrenaline. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's like the Olympics of singing and dancing. It but really is. These teenagers, how they come together, and, and do this. It's it, nuts. It really surprised. I remember me. when I first went to my first show choir competition. It was like I don't know, twelve years ago, maybe here in L.A. Uh, and I was just like, this is what show quite, it yeah. blew me away. And I was there for hours. It was like a six hour competition. It's this subculture that no one really 
has seen. It's like it's crazy. It's like watching a bunch of Broadway musicals in a row, uh, like yeah. over and over again. I mixed was, with dance moms. Mixed with dance moms. Yeah. Yes, lots uh, of. Uh, and speaking of moms, oh. so when we moved to Clinton, you know, it, there was we didn't really do music except in church when we were from. But when we moved to Clinton, you know, it was all about attaché. Mom, when I joined show choir, did you know what that was, or like, did you expect it to be that professional? Well, when we first moved there, we actually went to one of their performances, and I had never seen anything like that. It was just amazing. I mean, I was just stunned. So when you said you wanted to try out, I was excited because yeah. I knew it was a great thing. Well, I knew I wasn't going to be playing football, so uh, <laughs> the show choir was definitely uh, it. But congratulations, Brio. Y'all had an incredible year. Um, so there's this this kind of new trend going around where people describe what they do for a job in kind of the worst way possible, <laughs> in funny ways. So I'm going to describe a job, and I want to see if y'all can uh, figure out what this profession is. All right. Okay. So here we go. I wait for people to be shot and then I cut them. What profession is that? Oh, that's a physician, a surgeon. A surgeon. I mean, it could be in a way. Yeah, yeah. wait for them to get shot. They're yeah, anesthesia shot. and then I cut them. Yeah. Okay. I get that. That works. But in <laughs> this one, it was a video editor. Oh. I wait for people to be shot yes. and then I cut them. Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's your last one out there. All right. Uh, I make hot things cold and wet. All I right. make hot things cold and wet. Mom, what do you think that is? I don't know. It's a job. People make things wet. Who puts out fires? Oh, a firefighter. Yes, a yeah. firefighter. I make hot things cold yeah. and wet. So those are fun. So uh, out there, DM us your job in the most vague way because <laughs> I want to read some more of these in the future. So DM us at, at Frosted Tips and give us your job description. And I want to see if people can guess it on the show. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, speaking of like kids, what is our generation or our kids' generation going to be called? We have, we're at Gen Z now. Do we start over with Gen A? Does it does it go, go back, back to the beginning of the alphabet? To Gen A. We skipped Y because that was Gen millennial. Um, Are you a Gen A? You're a Gen A. A Gen A. Gen A. Uh, but I'm interested if there's already a name set up for them or do you have to kind of live with this generation before you kind of name them? Get like, a feel oh, for them? Yeah. yeah you're, you know. You're generation stupid. I don't know. Like, I don't. I yeah. think there's already a name for it. I is don't it? remember. Okay. It is, but I think I saw Yeah, that. someone give us If you know the generation name of our kids, DM us, please, at Frosted Tips. We get all of our information from you guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. And speaking of uh, information, you sure told us you wanted to hear from this guest that's coming mm -hmm. up. Uh, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jordan Knight. That's right. Coming up right after this. Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. 
After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glyphs behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the City of Angels. Lance Bass, signing off. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents she's got all of these maseratis and bentley's all in the driveway is it like a mansion yes it's a mansion that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Please welcome to the show, Jordan Nathaniel Marcel the Shell Knight is an American singer-songwriter and actor, lead vocalist of the band New Kids on the Block, which rose to fame in the late 80s, 90s after New Kids on the Block split in 94. He launched a solo career. The band reunited in 2007. They have been releasing music ever since. Jordan Knight, welcome to Frosted Tips. Woo-hoo. Oh, hey. Good uh, to be here, man. Uh, how much of that was wrong, by the way? Uh, I would, you said actor. I don't know if I'm an actor. <laughs> You've acted before. You have some credits, <laughs> I, my man. I guess so. Here and there, like, uh, I guess w- even being in videos is kind yeah, of acting. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, okay, right off the bat, you know, within Sync, we have a, a group text, right? Do y'all have a group text that y'all do? Yes. Okay. It was just, I was just on it, yeah. Okay, text them right now. I want, I want to, who do you think would be the first to text you back out of all the guys? Uh, Donnie. Okay, text right now. I want to see if Donnie's the one. <laughs> and do something uh, like obscure. Okay. Be like weird. Like, what the hell? Is something wrong, Jordan? <laughs> Sounds like a two word. <laughs> like, uh, Wait, who would be the first to text you back? Um, God, my group is just weird. I, I, it's, it's it's never the same person that texts back first. True. Yeah. I'm on I'd a, probably be the I'm one. I'm just going to say, I'm on a podcast with you. Okay. Uh, right now. <laughs> and, and we have bets on who is going to... <laughs> I don't want to do a bet because then they're all going to scramble. They're going to scramble, yeah. You got to make That's it right. authentic. I, I just want to see who's going to just say, all right. have a fun time. Tell them I say hello. No, I'm waiting. Okay, all right. I'm just going to pop you, up. You let us know who does. Okay, so let's get into this. Jordan, all right, new kids on the block. I mean, take us back to the beginning because we had your brother on and he's like, I don't remember anything from the early days. <laughs> and I, I get that yeah. because so many, it's just my brain doesn't hold a lot of the, the memories anymore. Uh, but I have a feeling yeah. that you, you'll know more. So tell us how did the group get together? Um, and I gotta, I gotta know how your family felt about that. You know, two of their sons, you know, going off to do something this big at such an early age, that couldn't have been easy, but how did this all start? Um, I say I, my, my family was really cool with it, uh, because it was, when we first started, it was very local. So they were able to go to like the talent shows and stuff like that and, they knew the other families because um, uh, we all went to elementary school together and stuff like that. So everybody knew each other. So everyone was cool. It wasn't like I was going to some, me and John were going to some distant land yeah. to pursue a dream. You know, it was it was a local thing. Um, how did it start? It started with um, Maury Starr just being in Boston, our producer. And uh, he, had, he produced New Edition. And uh, they came out and they had, you know, big hits. And um, he was from the next town over, Roxbury. We were from Dorchester. Joe came, Joe joined the group a little later and he was in a close neighborhood as well. Um, but um, I guess uh, somebody just texted. Uh, who is it? Who is it? God, we should have bet. I know. Joe Mack. It's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> is that normally? No, Joe's usually not the first one. He's close, maybe a close second, though. Um, He said, I saw that. I'm going to listen to that one. Smiley face. Oh, nice. Well, we'll have him on eventually. You know, I spread out the groups so that, you know, we kind of get you, you know, every two months. I get a new member of New Kids, which is good. No, that's a a good tactic. Uh, That's a good tactic. And I love it because it's... Since we started the show a couple of months ago, um, I mean, it's been so much fun. And the fandom's all coming together, like the New Kids fans and the NSYNC fans and Bachelor yeah. and New Edition. They're all just kind of 
all together and you know it's it's really fun but you my friend you know we we put out who do you want next and oh, yeah. you were definitely the number one that everyone was trying to get on the show so <laughs> yeah all right going back cool. to the beginning okay you're 14 years old yeah mm-hmm. uh, you're yeah. starting this group there um so yeah so so maurice so maurice like uh i guess him and new edition parted ways and maurice wanted to start another group uh maybe almost you know for revenge i don't know but uh he wanted to start a group that was like so he was a little older so his references were like 70s groups so like there was the jackson five and there was the osmond so he wanted to create the osmonds basically yeah um and uh he's you know he he started kind of looking around uh for young for young white dudes with some soul so uh he had a, a woman named Mary Alfred that he wanted to he, he wanted her to be our manager. So she started looking in in her neighborhood. There was a park and where where some teenagers hung out, and um, she heard this kid Donnie that uh, liked to rap, and he would put on shows in the park and stuff like that. So um, she approached him, and he, he was uh, excited to join. He he met Maurice and um, and then uh, because. Donnie was now in the group. He started recruiting people. Um, so we went to elementary school together. Our families knew each other. Um, he knew I was a singer. Um, at the time, we weren't going to the same school, but my brother was going to this. Uh, my brother Chris was going to school with him. Um, and uh, my brother came home one day and he was like, hey, Donnie wants to talk to you about something or some, some, something about some group. And I was like, OK, you know, whatever. Um, so Donnie called me on the phone, you know, it was like those rotary phones uh-huh. called me. We had like one in the house. Uh-huh. We literally were just talking um, about a rotary phone right before this interview. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And right by the phone, we used to write all the numbers in pencil on the wall, Yeah, like all the numbers of our friends and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, so he called me and he was like, yeah, yeah, this dude, Maurice, he wants to start a group. Um, you know, I know you, you know, you've sung in the church and sang in the, in the, in the chorus at school. It's not really like that. It's more of like, um, like a pop group, like do addition. I was like, Oh, okay. I said, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go to, he, he said, come to Maurice's house. You know, he wants to hear you sing. So, um, so he kind of recruited me. He brought me to Maurice's house. Um, Maurice played a couple songs and he told me to sing a couple lines of the songs, a couple of songs that he was writing, uh, for this new group. Um, and, um, so, so he was like, yeah, I think, you know, I think you could do it. Yes. And I think you're, you know, you, you, you got it. So, um, so, uh, then I went home and I was like, Hey, I'm in this new group. You know, I told my mother, (laughs) And uh, John was like looking at me. He was like, "What? What? What group is this?" And he was, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a new pop group, you know." Blah, blah, blah. So John kind of was like, "I want to like meet Maurice, but, you know." Um, so I brought him back. Next time I went over, I brought him over, and Maurice was like, "Yeah, this is great. You know, two brothers in the group. We like that idea." Blah blah. blah. How old was he at the time? Uh, yeah. He was a year older than me, so he might have been 15 and a half. I was 14. Yeah. So, and then uh, I think Donnie used leverage on Danny because Danny was Danny was resistant, and then and then Donnie said, 
you know, Jordan joined the group and he was like, Jordan joined. Um, okay. I'm going to join. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cause we used to like, I was, I was in like this breakdance group that used to like, we used to challenge his breakdance group. <laughs> no way. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. at 14 year old, you're yeah. like challenging breakdancing yeah. already. Dance battles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, he knew me through that. Um, so he was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then at the time, and then it was like maybe six or six months later, a year later, uh, we found Joe cause Maurice was always wanting, um, like the young guy, like the Donny Osmond or the, the, the Michael Jackson, the, the little guy, yeah. um, uh, with the high voice. Uh, so, um, so we found Joe, um, and, uh, that was it. And then, um, the, the name of the group was Nanook. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Um, we read that. We we're going to yeah, ask yeah, about so, that. Yeah. What yeah, is that? NY. N-Y-N-U-K. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, it's like, and this is like, I was like, just the name. I was like, I like the songs. I like the members, but I hate the name. And and I, I would tell people, like, I'd be going to school, I'd be on the train, and they'd be like, I, mean, I, I would tell some of my other friends, like, I'm in this new group. And they're like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, what's the name? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, we ain't got a name yet. Um, we're <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> we're trying to come up with it. But we did our first um, our first talent show. We did have like the big Nanook sign come down. It's NYNUK, and it was just like, I think it was like Maurice. He liked the name because it kind of sounded like weird, like Menudo or something like that. Like, so, so it meant Menudo, nothing. Like, but it had no meaning. It was well. He said there was something about Nanook of the North or something like that. It's like. They called polar bears Nanooks or something like that. He, it's like a he made that name. Up. He made that up. <laughs> he he just thought it sounded cool. It's like he Lou made Pearlman. a lot of things up. Lou Pearlman wanted, you know, our original name oh, he yeah. really wanted was Kismet. Kismet. Yeah. Y'all, I don't think you would have been successful. I don't with that think name. so. Because really, the name really makes a name a really. Band. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, man. Big time. Yeah. So how did big you time. end up with New Kids on the Block? So we had a. Um, a rap song on our first album. The first album really didn't do much at all, but one of the songs on the album was uh, New Kids on the Block. It was the title of the song. Mm. And the record company was, I guess they were struggling with the name too. So they uh, they approached Maurice and were like, why don't you, why, why don't you call him New Kids on the Block? And we were all like, yes, please. Yes, do that. Let's, let's be New Kids on the Block. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of thought it was like a long name, but it was a lot better than uh, Nanook. Nanook. Yeah. Well, Nanook. then eventually you'd go NKOTB. So, you know. NKOTB or New Kids. Yeah. 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 And so all this time you're in high school. Um, So, like, when did you rehearse? When did you practice? And, like, what did your friends think at the time? Did they, were they supportive or were they like, oh, my God, you're crazy? Like, that's. No, I think, uh, you know all my friends were like thought it was cool yeah because i played them the music and they they were like okay like they they were like it's not just some some joke you know or some pipe dream um uh some of my teachers like that i told they were like you know just keep studying kids you know of course you know we've heard we've heard this before um but 
yeah, all my friends were 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 cool with it. Everyone thought it was really cool. Yeah. You know, a lot of the kids at that time, and I think this is why we, you know, we got basically we were in the group is because we were like we were into dancing, we were into music, we were into singing. Yeah. So our friends were as well, you know. Um, so they thought it was like really cool that that we were doing it. Yeah, y'all were definitely performers and. You know, back then there was no term boy band. There was nothing to compare you guys to except like the new additions and those groups, you know, right. those vocal groups that we all knew and loved. So to me, I bet your friends thought it was it, it was a much cooler thing to be a part of back then than like these these days where people compare you to a boy band as a negative. They're like, oh, like not right a, away. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I think, you know, I could see where the, the high school kids are like, yeah, man, this is cool. But like for this generation anyone in the high school be like yeah i'm joining this this boy band they'd be like oh yeah cool man well i Nerd. think it's right, probably, right i think it would be cool now now with tiktok everyone's kind of like music is cool again you know yeah. being uh boy bands are cool now yeah well dan- like just dancing on tiktok now it's like that's what every kid does yeah. so like i think it's coming back into yeah. you know it's no longer like oh you're in because it's band. true because groups these days they don't really dance they don't you know we we always put a spectacle on y'all i mean i've been to your show uh it was just over the top and amazing yeah dancing. didn't you camp out one night and to get oh, yeah. nosebleed my seats? sister yeah. sister was a huge fan i was 12 and i camped out for tickets in jackson mississippi <laughs> the very same uh y'all were playing the wow. stadium which no one ever came and played a stadium and even camping out for damn tickets i still got the last row in the stadium and had to watch the show with binoculars <laughs> uh but it was still even from that far away it was an incredible incredible show uh which reminded me of it, the the shows I like Madonna, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, like people that really I want you to entertain me when I come to a show. I get yeah. bored if you're just going to yeah, be sitting yeah. behind a, a microphone. Uh, so you, yeah. you guys were just such an influence on yeah. us just by the performers you were. Oh, thank you, um, thank you. We used to watch, um, you know, like the the shows at the Apollo, Motown at the Apollo, and. Uh, the Jacksons and right. New Edition. So that was like, the, that was our template. So right. like, that's what we were going after. Yeah. And y'all sang at the Apollo yeah. early on, right? We did. Yeah. yeah. How was we that did. experience? It was wild. We were walking down the street in New York City with Maurice. And Maurice was, he was a go-getter. Uh, and um, he saw the guy that um, hosted Showtime at the Apollo walking down the street. And he said, hey man, like he like, practically accosted the guy he said this is my group you need to let him on the show blah 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 blah. and he convinced the guy to get us on the show so we did the show we ended up doing the show like we opened it up or whatever and the guy was he loved it so he was like come back next week so we went back next week and um it really helped us actually uh with with our first single please don't go girl so that's how we got on on the sh- on Showtime. We were scared, boy. I bet that is a uh, that's a tough audience it's to get over. A tough crowd. Uh, yeah, it's a tough crowd. <laughs> but if they're behind you, they're behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In an interview with People Magazine in 1990, you said that you still knew the band would become famous even after the first album didn't do so well, and that you probably wouldn't be in school much longer. You still had that confidence. Um. What made you really believe that? Uh, yeah. Moving forward after your first initial attempt. I think it was uh, I think it was just the chemistry of the group. It it just I just felt a solid connection with all the guys with Maurice 
with the music. I just felt like we were solid. Like there was no, we were just in it to win it. And, and I, and I really believed like the chemistry, the different personalities really worked well together. And I just felt that if we kept going and kept, you know, creating and just kept moving forward that we would eventually, it, it would eventually pop. Yeah. And it's right. You were the first group, of course, I mean, I was, I was very young, but you're the first group I remember where you did look at personalities. Like you knew every single personality of, of the guys. I never really saw that in the Jackson five or new edition or any of these other right. vocal groups. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, Michael Jackson stood out because he was the youngest, but like, I never knew, Oh, oh that's the shy one. That's the business guy. That's mm -hmm. the crazy one. Yeah. But with new right. kids, like everyone really had this like archetype. Yeah. Like person, I think yeah. you're the ones who kind of invented that. I think that really was mm -hmm. the blueprint of all the groups going forward. I mean, it was of yours. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, Lou Perlman though, like, but know. we weren't chosen for that. It no, just naturally, it I feel it. like we, because then Spice Girls came out and all that, and like, and I think we just naturally fell into a character as we were making music, you know. And I was like, kind of known as the shy one, but then I got like became the real shy one, and Chris was like the crazy <laughs> one, and he got real yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, I just think everyone just was like, well, this is what I'm supposed <laughs> to be, um, right? But I, I blame it on you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or glimpse behind the scenes at world-famous studio tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass, signing off. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts All right, so you uh, were not wrong about you blowing up. I mean, Hanging Tough, the album, was released in 88, a couple of years after the first album. Um, and Please Don't Go Girl becomes smash hit. Uh, mm. It just took off from there. Did it feel, because, I mean, y'all had been together for so long already, did it still feel like an overnight sensation, or did you feel like we paid our damn dues to get to that point? Uh, both, I think both at the same time, um, because once, once it hit, it really, we started moving quickly, but, um, I remember like, I think it was the show that we, it was like Showtime with the Apollo whatever. And we did Please Don't Go Girl and, um, The Right Stuff. And afterwards, like I started bawling because we went over the audience and we were so together, we were I, I thought we were just really sharp and and it was all of the effort and struggle that we put in that came out. Um so it was I did feel that like we we definitely did pay our dues, but once it started going it went quick. So in that sense it felt like an overnight sensation. But we definitely we definitely put in the the, the elbow grease, the sweat and tears, um, sometimes the stress, you know, because at times we didn't know if we we're going to get another record deal or yeah. things like that. Um, well, how did you so, cope with the fame part of it? Because at an, at an early age, 
you know, having women just throwing themselves at you, uh, you know, is that's so tough. <laughs> it's so horrible. Oh yeah, for a teenager, what a, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But did everyone take it, uh, you know, in stride? You know, uh, the, the fandoms because you know they they're amazing. And I want to know your favorite fan story because everyone has that one story yeah. or the craziest. Yeah. yeah. The crazy fan story. Mm-hmm. I know. I and I, I bet you our fans have heard. Because a lot of people ask that, but but a lot of people want to know it. Uh, well, what was the first question you said? What was uh, just how, oh, how did you yeah, feel? Just how did you cope did, with you know yeah. being a sex symbol at such an early age? Wow, horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you could say it. It was definitely a bit overwhelming when you can't walk around, like you can't go to the corner store, you can't go to the mall. You know, they got to shut the freaking mall down, you know, just for you to go there. Um, it start, it did, it did kind of become kind of a, a pain in the butt, but, um, the good thing, you know, and I'm sure you can relate, obviously, is that, you know, there was five of us and we can hang out with each other and we had each other to, there was always somebody who was going through the same thing you were going through. So it wasn't like you're just a lonely person at the top with a bunch of hanger-ons. You know, you have four other people that you can talk to. I have my brother in the group. A lot of times we had, you know, brothers and sisters out on the road with us that knew us since we were really young. Even if it was like, you know, uh, one of Danny's sisters or one of Donnie's brothers or whatever, like they knew us too for a long time. And, and, uh, you know, our parents would be out, you know, a lot. And uh, so I think we had a good base, a good support base there that, that kind of kept us grounded. Exactly. I say that all the time, yeah. you know, being a soul artist, uh, you kind of get, you can get a Michael Jackson syndrome where everything's yes, 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 yes. And you, you know, you don't know what yeah. reality is, but with a group, you have four other guys next to you just slapping you back down to earth if you ever get out exactly. of hand. You know, so you're right. always very grounded, very, you know, you, you get humbled very easily. Um, right. I, I never even knew this. So, you know, with Mark Wahlberg, you know, Donnie's brother, he was young. Like, how old was he? Was, is he much younger than y'all? He's like a year younger than okay. me. So I, I always imagined him like, why wasn't he fighting to get into this group? I bet he was like, I could be in this group. He was in the he was in the group for a little while. Wait, what? Oh, when really? Don, yeah, that. when Donnie joined, he he brought Mark along, oh. and and um, my he just wasn't into it. Yeah, he he wasn't into it. he wasn't into singing. Yeah, he was around. Um, he well, he, <laughs> even at the time, he wasn't even into rapping. Yeah. <laughs> because Maurice was trying to get him to sing, and he was like, ah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, I just want to play basketball. Basically, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, he 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 dropped out. I don't know how long he was in the group. Maybe a month. I don't know. Two months. That's funny. I never knew that. Yeah. Um. So, all right. In 1994, Jonathan uh, leaves the band. Um. One. How did that make you feel? Did you understand where he was coming from? Yeah. I mean, I always did because uh, I, you know, he's my brother. I knew, um, I've seen his emotional state, you know, go back and forth and stuff like that. And as far as like, you know, I knew he wasn't crazy about being in the spotlight, um, even though 
he was and he did, you know, kind of ask for it. But, um, you know, I, they, for me, it was no hard feelings. And I know, I think that all the guys understood as well that we just had more passion for, you know, getting on stage, whether it was working or not. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> um, a lot of these anxieties probably could stem from, I mean, he was closeted like I was back in the day. And yeah, that must cause sometimes so that can, yeah, like, oh, for sure. you know, you don't want anyone to find and out it was, who you are. Yeah. And it was bad back then. It was really bad. It was, you know, it was not, it was not nowhere near accepted yeah. as it is now. Yeah. It was just like, like he did really, he was really hiding it and that must have been a big burden, yeah. you know? I mean, it's true. I mean, especially at that time too, like the only out, you know, singers were like very flamboyant, really like played into that. So there wasn't really any examples of no. just, it was definitely a negative. Yeah. It was a like negative. Even, average yeah. It was, it was, it would have been a negative. And even, even when you guys came out, I think it was like 2000, I don't know when it, I don't know when it, when this was, but I did a show and it was like a solo show. And then after, um, a reporter said, what do you think of, uh, you know, uh, in sync or the boy band having a homosexual in the group and just the way he phrased it, I just, it just bugged me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even so, even then it was kind of like, yeah, even then. you could feel the little dig, mm-hmm. you could feel it. And, and it just, it just, it just bugged me, and I was. I said, I think it's great, you know, because it's it's diverse, you know. He'll bring in more fans, um, and it's a great thing, yeah. you know. Why does it have to be negative? I didn't say that, but I just said I think it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's so crazy because yeah, I remember going back to junior high, I believe, uh, and you know, you guys were just so so huge. And then someone spread a rumor that I think maybe you were gay. And because of just that one rumor, the kids started turning on your group. Like that's, that's how like, like volatile it was to like have anyone gay in the group. Especially in Mississippi at that time. Oh yeah. It was like, Oh, did you hear that Jordan Knight? Yeah. He's gay. He's gay. And so everyone's like, Oh, right. Never listen to them again. Yeah. Yeah. And then as a closeted kid, you're listening to that being like, Oh crap. Like, geez. So you knew, I mean, Everything about your life and all your surroundings, you were you were told you gotta hide it. Like to survive, you have right. to hide it because yeah, it, it would be dangerous if you didn't. Um so when y'all did stop doing music, would yeah. you call that a hiatus or would you call that a split? Like did you did you think that y'all would ever do anything together or was it just completely done for you? At the time it was kinda like we're we're splitting, we're gonna do our own thing, we're gonna try solo stuff. We didn't know if we would if we would come back together. Um, I think in the back of our minds, we always kept it open that who knows, maybe someday, um, or if some kind of event showed up where it would be cool that we'd all attend and kind of reunite or whatever. Um, I know when we did solo, when we did solo records, and me and Joe. We could, we both had a hit at the same time. It was around when you guys were, oh, yeah. were yeah. out, um, and uh, we like we performed on stage together. We did the right stuff. It wasn't the whole group, but we did come. We did join together as the new kids, basically. Yeah. Um, but um, 
I think we all just kept it open. But at that point, like in 94, whenever it was, it was pretty much a clean break. Like, we're disbanding. We're going to do our own thing. Um, But never, you know, it wasn't in a sour way or like, um, I hate those guys kind of thing. It was just like we all wanted to. Yeah. Just pursue pursue our own lives, basically. Yeah. And yeah. y'all did. I mean, I your song was so great. Give it to you was such a huge hit. And it must have been interesting mm-hmm. because you were a part of that TRL era with all of us. Um, but you were a part of the TRL era as a solo artist. Yeah. You kids didn't really get to get to that TRL uh, you know, part of their career. What was the difference? Like now being a part because what was like MTV like during the new kids days versus, and being able to yeah. promote your songs versus, yeah, just a few years later where every single kid flew home from school to watch this one yeah. show to see their favorite artists. Yeah. MTV was like a slugfest for us. It was just like, uh, it's just like a love hate relationship almost like they, uh, in the earlier days, it was kind of like, they, I, I think they didn't know if they, they wanted to have us on the channel. Um, but they almost like they had to give in and, and do it because we were so popular, but they did it um, kind of like reluctantly. Um, so it would, it was always kind of like we just get this attitude from them, even though they were blasting us, you know, on their, on their station, yeah, of course. Uh, on their channel, but we, we'd still get kind of like, I don't know, just an attitude yeah. with them. Cause and, rock and uh, grunge was like yeah. king at that time. Rock and grunge, and you know, just a a young boy band coming on the scene and taking over. They just, yeah, because they 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 were used to uh, having the rock dudes, uh, you know, rule basically, and they didn't they didn't know how to take it. Really, I think it was just too too much. Hey LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. From epic shopping to nonstop pride events, discoverla.com is your gateway to everything LA. From walk-up windows and rooftop bars to year-round alfresco dining, Los Angeles is a culinary thrill ride sure to leave visitors hungry for more. From tacos to sushi, we truly have some of the best restaurants. After you get a bite to eat, get a taste for fame firsthand by attending a star ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard or a glimpse behind the scenes at World Famous Studio Tour. Stop and see a movie at the iconic El Capitan Theater and check out the stairs outside the Dolby Theater where all the stars walk before the Oscars. Take a hike at Glamorous Griffith or stop for a boba or a draft cold brew at an outdoor cafe perfect for people watching. There are endless amounts of outdoor activities in L.A. with our beautiful weather. And, of course, Pride is celebrated every day in Los Angeles. Everyone is welcome to experience our sparkling nightlife, indulgent spas, and sensational shopping. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass, signing off. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent. 
telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Well, what was it like working on solo music yeah. after a group? Did you, uh, when did you become a songwriter? I still don't really, I mean, I don't really think of myself as a songwriter, but I, I did like, I guess when, when, when new kids, when we were working on music, I, I kind of like was like, yeah, I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started like playing piano and like messing around, writing stuff. Um, so I probably around 16, maybe I started messing around with write, writing music. Um, but to do it, uh, like to, to do a solo album, it was a lot of fun because, um, you know, you don't have, you don't have four other guys to answer to. It's just what you've always wanted to do. Um, and it was like freedom basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean it was better or worse. It was, but it did feel. I did feel a sense of freedom for sure. Yeah. Did you feel more pressure? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it was just a, you now. Yeah. I felt. Um, 
I did feel pressure. I did feel pressure, but mostly from the, the record label. Cause like everything I brought in, it was, I was signed to Interscope records and it seemed like every song I brought in, Jimmy Iveen was like, try it again. <laughs> Go back to the studio. Yeah. I need something incredible. Like, and I'm like, Oh my God, you know? And then I played him one song that, um, piqued his interest. And I said, and, and, you, I, and I, and once his interest was piqued, I said, I think it would be great for me to work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And, uh, he just called him right there, right in the, right in the meeting and called him and said, Hey, Hey, Jimmy. And he was like, what do I call him? Jam, Jimmy Jam. What do I call him? So I, <laughs> Mr. I Jam. Said, call him. I don't know. Jimmy Jam. <laughs> so, uh, so he called him and I hooked up with them. But, um, before that and with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, when I first signed to Interscope Records, John McClain, who actually in 1984, he came to our neighborhood and uh, he was a famous executive. He he um, like put Janet Jackson on the map and he was he was actually good friends with uh, Jimmy Tam and Terry Lewis. He was working with Interscope at the time, but he came to our neighborhood to check us out to maybe sign us to A&M Records. And he passed. He passed on us. But then later. He was he he heard that I was looking for a record deal and he brought me to Interscope and um, so when I first signed he said um, uh, there's this kid that I think you should write music with that 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 should help you out and uh, he's 17 years old he lives in L A he was like do you know um, do you know who Alan Thicke is and I was like yeah the actor Alan Thicke he said yeah yeah his son his son is a great songwriter. And I'll, his, his name's Robin. I'll, I'll send you a couple of his songs. So he sent me a couple of Robin Thicke songs. And uh, I was like, man, this dude, he sounds incredible. And uh, he said, yeah, meet him at the studio. So I went and met him at the studio. I pulled up and he was like throwing a basketball against the wall. He's 17. He has like a cap on sideways. Really young kid. But uh, when when we got in the studio, he just like took over. He, I, he was incredible. So I I did um most of my solo album with Robin. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. I never knew he that. Wrote, and, it, yeah. Look, at seventeen, I could. I mean, I started it with Insane at sixteen. At seventeen, there's no way I would have known what to do in a studio. No. I definitely wasn't writing. I definitely wasn't producing songs. I mean, I was so green at it. I couldn't imagine. At such an early age, he probably learned a lot from his dad. Oh yeah, I mean his dad's a great writer. Yeah, yeah a lot of people forget Alan Thicke wrote some incredible songs and especially yeah. theme songs and TV shows yeah, and jingles and theme yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. and, and his mom had uh, a really big pop pop hit right on the radio. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, that's a little tidbit of information. I love that. I've never heard that one before. No. All right, so the year's two thousand eight. And you give the Blockheads what they have been waiting for. The reunion for New Kids on the Block goes down. All right. Yeah. How did this all happen? Who called who first? Um, there's different versions. Uh, we all kind of stayed in touch, like especially when email came along. Yeah. <laughs> it was easy to email each other. Uh, so, um, And plus we had like we had like lingering. We always had lingering business that we had to attend to right. like mm-hmm. rights for songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, merchandise rights, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
So I think one, um, one of the email chains is kind of like, so what, when are we going to like, you know, get the show back on the road? Like, I think somebody, we started kind of flirting with the idea over email. And um, I think it was just, uh, for me, it was kind of like a lot of people just started talking about it again, just off the cuff. Like before, before that time, it was like not cool like don't get back together but then it started being like the world needs the new kids again or like the world will accept the new kids again um i think the fans were like at a point where they were ready again um for us or to be nostalgic you know um and i think the i just think the different um I think I think I just think the world was ready for it again, and and I think I think we all had a sense of that, and that's why we all started kind of like messing around with the flirting with the idea, and we we would call each other like separately, like me and Joe would talk, or me and Donnie would talk, or Danny and I would talk, or they would talk without me or whatever, like, um, and it was kind of like we were just kind of dancing around it a little bit, and um. One time I went out to see Joe. He said, Joe called me. He said, you should meet uh, this guy, Jared. He works with Irving Azoff, and he's like, he's really knowledgeable knowledgeable about tours and stuff. And I went out to Joe's house and um, met our still manager, Jared Paul. And uh, he kind of hyped me up on the idea about us touring again and... Um, I talked to Donnie a little bit and, and there was a time where like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it, like Donnie was like kind of busy and had to finish some projects. So we're like, we don't know if he's going to do it, but you know, he actually did want to do it, but he was just waiting for certain things to fall into place and to make sure that, you know, we as a group had, you know, total control over the whole thing. It just took a little time for all of us to just, be ready for it. it it didn't take much time um i think we were all kind of antsy because we all we all did feel yeah. the potential yeah. um and uh i think we first got in the studio together in 2007 yeah and, and that was a weird experience and, and yeah. did you think the fandom would be this excited still i mean even today, I mean, your fans have never left your side. Did you did you always feel that even as a soloist? Um, and did you expect it to be as big as it was when y'all came back? I felt it would be successful, but I didn't know. I didn't know to what degree. Yeah. I did think that there was there was definitely something there. We you know we all we all felt that. I guess like we there was all there was always these rock groups like the Rolling Stones or Aerosmith from Boston. And it's like they have they now have evergreen careers, you know. Did I believe that that would happen for us? Maybe not. Um, but then, like as we started going, I said, we're actually like you know kind of like a classic group now that can kind of just keep going, you know, and just kind of have an evergreen type career um, because the fan base is there and they're always like my sisters. Um, Every time uh, the Who comes in town, you know, there's like, I think there's only two of them now, but 
that was their teenage group. You know, when they were teenagers, they loved Roger Daltrey um, and the group The Who. Um, so they, even till today, they still go. So for me to kind of put that together, like, because we were a boy band, I didn't put it together. I thought, like, maybe only that would happen with rock groups. Um, but it happens with boy bands as well. Yeah, that's true. And, it, you know, we, uh, we hang on to those teenage years because that's our formative years where, you know, that's your favorite movies, your favorite music. And yes, then, you know, you get a little older, you have to start living life. You have to finish school. You start having kids. So you can't really, you know, think about that too much. But then you get to the point where you just want to reminisce. You know, you have a little more time. Right. You finally found right. your footing in life and you're like, ah, yeah. those are the best. And so you're always just going to go back to what makes you feel like you can revert back to a teenager to those those safer, innocent times. Yeah. Um, is, when there was beautiful. no worries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just fun. Yeah. Exactly. Now, you still live in Massachusetts. Uh, you've been, God, you've been married with Evelyn since 2000. When did y'all meet? We met. We met maybe when I was like 13. Really? Oh, wow. oh y'all go back that yeah. far, huh? We weren't like an item then, but uh, I knew her. Yeah. How did y'all know she each other? Lived in, she lived in my neighborhood. Okay. We lived in the same neighborhood. Okay. And uh, actually, her like we were like, and there was different like breakdance groups and stuff like that. And we were like, she was like uh, with another like kind of crew or whatever. Uh, they were called Electric Generation. And uh, why has there never been a film about these crews in Massachusetts <laughs> of these kids like battling each other? <laughs> we. We were the chaos crew. And then um, me and my friend Edwin, like we kind of like joined their crew. And um, her brother was like one of the dancers in that crew. And um, I kind of hung out with him. He was a little older than her. Um, but yeah, she was she was one of the girls, you know. She was one of the pink ladies. She was, you know, like, so uh, yeah, we just uh, actually it wasn't until after like I kind of got off tour where we started like talking, talking, you know, and, and hanging out in that way and dating. Yeah. Um, but I've known her for a long time. That must be strange. Like at what point did you look at her as more than a friend? Like I've known you for so long since you were such a, a child and now I'm starting to have feelings for you. Like how does that switch? <laughs> well, she was like, she always seemed a, a little younger. Like she was part of the, like, when you're young, just a year oh, and a half or two oh, years all the makes a big difference, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So when I was 20 and she was 18 or 19, you know, she was she was my age and she was she was like a woman now, yeah. you know, and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, girl, hey, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing? Where you been my whole life? <laughs> and now you have two kids. Uh, how, how, is the, how are the kids doing? They're good. Um, one of my sons is in uh, Maine. He lives with his girlfriend in Maine, and uh, he's doing good. My younger son, Eric, is in 10th grade, plays basketball. We just went down the park yesterday. He kind of I'm still feeling it. I'm a little sore. <laughs> uh, we were playing a little b-ball, but uh, he's, he's loving the Boston Celtics, and he's big into basketball and, of course, video games and stuff like that. Um, well, you, yeah, have, good. you have such a big connection to your home. Uh, I can imagine, I mean, everyone knows you live there. Is it just kind of, oh yeah, 
Jordan, he's just part of the, the community, or do people still freak out when they see you at the basketball court? Um, they kind of like, uh, like I, I, I'll see them like, they're, they're like looking at me, but they don't make a big deal, which is really cool. I think they, they are used to seeing me around town, you know? So they're just like, like they'll point at me or stuff like that, or smile and wave. Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's not, um, it's not a big deal. Um, it's really cool. It's like, it's like right now it's like the best of both worlds. It's like, you get recognized, you know, it's nice to get recognized. It's nice to be important. Um, but it's also kind of like, it's not a big fuss like right. it used to be. Yeah. They're not you ripping know? your clothes it's, off this time. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> exactly. It's like you in West Hollywood. So, Oh yeah, no, yeah. I go to West Hollywood. The gays are like, yeah. They're just like, hey, what's up, Lance? Like, it's like you know, (laughs) Lance. Yeah, they'll acknowledge you. They'll be like, hey, Lance, it's good to see you. Blah blah blah. But they won't go crazy. All right, let's get to a frosted tip here. All right, you're in a band with four other guys. You've been together for almost 40 years. Now, I'm sure you guys have had many disagreements over the years. I mean, that's what family does. When you have brothers, you fight, you you make up, you love each other, you hate each other. Um, So what tips do you have on working with or going into business with uh, with close friends or family? Oh, man. (laughs) Family? Like straight up family Mm -hmm. going into business? Yeah. Um, what tips I would, so I guess get everything out up front, like lay it out up front. I think like with family, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like there's a lot of unwritten rules or unsaid rules. Um, and it's based off of family, um, not on business. So I think like you guys, you have to be like very upfront, I think right off the bat, like. I know we're family, but this is a business, right. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. It's like, cause you know, I think in family, you kind of like, you'll do whatever, you, you know, you'll cut corners, you know, you'll let things go. True. Um, you'll act excuses. on the family. Yeah. yeah. You'll act on the more of the family emotional dynamic rather on like clear cut, rational business decisions. Yeah. So it's, it's, kind of hard to differentiate those things so they i think up front they have to be like kind of like laid out yeah what are your intentions yeah uh all right let's get to the fan question oh yes here's another fan question from april 7412 she said you deleted your instagram will you ever come back to social media you know what um i i deleted my like all my social media like kind of as an experiment yeah. um, because I was like, I noticed like I was, I was on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get into like, it, it, and I liked it too, of course, like it, it's, it's kind of addicting. Um, oh, yeah. And then I would get into like political stuff yes. and I you know what I mean? Or, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, and I would be like hanging out with my family, uh, or just like 
doing stuff. Maybe I should be like, just, just soak in life, man. Like live in the real world. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling myself and I was like, let me, let me experiment and like delete my social media. And I got to tell you, it's, it's not easy. It was like, I had so much time. It was like, I felt like I had so much time on my hands because I was any moment where like I was a little bored or whatever, or just, I just go like this. Yeah. Just like, ooh, 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 ooh. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so there was like this void, but like it went away. Um, and I just got used to not looking at my phone so much yeah. and um, not replying, not reading, not mm-hmm. looking. Blah, 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 blah. Did you find yourself um, getting into like, not more hobbies? Like with all this extra time, yeah. did you like, oh my gosh, I'm reading more. or I actually spend more time doing this now. I mean, I got more like just more into like just thinking about like little things I need to get done. Like I'm more attentive to like just little things instead of like putting things off, procrastinating, being a little lazy. Um, I've gotten better at that. YouTube, I still am on YouTube and I am a YouTube junkie. So that does take up some time too. Um, I'm definitely more present, I would say, just in the real world like i feel like a more of a human being yeah, you know yeah. um without it um and and also like i noticed like like when you have social media you like create an image you know of your life or yourself mm-hmm. and i kind of uh like i noticed that like like it's like you kind of show off a little bit, you know, yeah. how cool your life is. Right. Or like, let me post this. Let me post that. I'm at the Celtics game. I'm here. Right. I'm here. I'm there. Like, let me show how cool I am yeah. or well, especially, how cool my life is. Yeah. Especially when you're a celebrity, right? I mean, because I, I don't use social media as a personal thing. Like, I'm not talking to my real friends and all that and showing, you know, my, my personal life too much. I we use it as... A promotional thing is like to show the entertainment side of us so right, what we right. present i mean most people present this kind of like false narrative of their life but when it comes to you know entertainers we really show the false <laughs> like the, the perfect world <laughs> yeah. of us uh but i right. i agree i i got rid of twitter which was like evil uh i do the instagram mm. and i do the tiktok but it all i i mm. definitely limit myself uh with the time yeah and yeah and I think it's so important, anyone listening right now, yeah. take a social media break, even if it's for a week, really, just when you it's get that true. life back a little bit, you realize how addictive this really has become. And especially if you yeah, like, yeah. suffer from anxiety, like when I stop Twitter and like going on Instagram every three minutes, I go on it maybe mm-hmm. twice a week now, just to check, uh, you know, briefly, my anxiety mm-hmm. went so down because I would just find myself again like getting in debates or commenting on things and then seeing someone else reply then my heart would start going getting me mad so i have to reply again and there would be like hours all day of a span of me replying to this one person who was God probably knows a lot. who they are and yeah. it just kind of affected right. my whole day yeah. and i'm like god not yeah. having to do that has just been like yeah you're ah. having a political debate yeah. with like 11 year old who has no idea what yeah, they're exactly. talking about under a fake name exactly like what have yeah. i done for the past four hours yeah <laughs> right right or even just like taking a selfie of like what you're doing and then reading all the comments yeah. and getting all that 
Oh, that's all that attention. You know what I mean? It's like it becomes addictive just getting that, you know, positive feedback instantly. And then you kind of lose sight of what's actually like important. I don't know. It just kind of messes with your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This one's from Cool Beans Smitch or Cool Beans Mitch. Uh, Smitch. (laughs) If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your teenage Jordan self? I was like uh, when I was. When I was in my teens, like I like in any like new situation on stage, I would like I had really bad stage anxiety. Um, so I'd be I guess I would just be like, uh, what would I tell myself? I would tell myself like, you're you're good enough. Yeah. Just who cares? Mm-hmm. Like you're good enough. Like stop trying to be perfect. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if you know, if the crowd has a problem with you, oh, well, you know, or if somebody wants to criticize you, whatever, who cares? Yeah. You're doing what you love, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, cause I did it. Yeah. I was, uh, the other, the other guys in the group will tell you I had, I had bad stage anxiety. Yeah. hundred percent. I guess. And that's just a good advice for just anybody, you know, you, when you're a teenager just doing anything that you don't have to be in the biggest group in the world like you just everything you take to heart and you're just so insecure you think everyone's looking at you everyone's judging at you and the older you get you look back and you're like oh that really isn't the case and if people are here to see me then they like me because they like me i don't have to be anything else than just myself yeah and 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 know that other people's opinions about you is none of your business (laughs) it's like i don't need to know what you think about me it's none of my business what you think of, of me yeah um, all right. Do you have a super fan here in Los Angeles, Veronica P? And she just asked, "Would you give it to me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'll just fan. say that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Would you give it to me? Oh, all right. Uh, so, oh yeah, I have one from Chastity. Uh, Chastity XOXO, and I'm actually interested more just about this whole thing um she said i just booked my first nkotb cruise any tips i know y'all made this thing like i know the coolest thing ever everyone are, is doing these cruises now because of you guys cruise is fun dude you should come on our cruise I man love join to. us that would be fun i would love to i yeah we've only been on two cruises in our life and i i really enjoyed it but yeah i i would love to come to an nkotb i mean that would be wild yeah uh-huh. That would be cool. Yeah. If you guys came. That would be awesome. I'll bring we'll do um, a live frosted tips. Yeah. yeah. Do a live uh yeah. podcast I mean, on the cruise. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. That would be fun. So how do you I mean is that it would fun? Be really cool? I mean, do you feel like you're trapped on this ship with everyone, or do y'all just have the best time ever? I think a little bit of both. Yeah. Um especially the first one. We felt like it was like Oh shoot, we are trapped on this like boat with three thousand people. Um, there's no getting off of this thing. Um but we just like we just like kinda like went in just like this might feel weird, but let's just go for it and um just look at it as just let's just have fun, embrace it all and um and, and have a blast with it. And uh it is wild, man. Like Every day we like we do something we do we'll do like um a game show in the theater um we'll do a show in the theater and then at night we do um we do a party on the deck like a themed party like it might be an 80s party it might be like wear a certain color everybody wear a certain color type thing or uh we've had so many themes um the people go 
all out to like make their costumes amazing. We stay out there for hours and and sing and dance and just it's like uh it's like a festival like on on a ship, you know, or like a like a a dance party, like a a nightclub or something. I, you know, on the ship every night. So every night we do it and uh it's fun. I could imagine that personal boundaries might get crossed because I'm thinking, you know, you're a fan, you're away from the kids for a week, <laughs> you know, you've saved up some money just to have the best time. You're safe on this ship. You're with your favorite band. I've had a little bit too much to drink now. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I can only imagine that the boundaries are crossed with you guys. So how do you, how would you deal with a very drunk fan that well, just wants to tear your clothes off? Um, well, you know. I don't know. We have certain, def- we have certain moves yeah. that we use. Uh, we have, uh, we have, you know, we have, a, we each have like a bodyguard, but uh, it's not too bad, but yes, that, sometimes that does happen. But um, there's a thing we usually like when we do the, the um, parties at night on the deck, like there's usually a stage and then there's a couple, there, there's kind of a sea of um, fans and stuff. And then there's a couple stages like out in the, in the crowd mm-hmm that we want to get to. So we usually crowd surf over to those stages. Oh, wow. So oh, talking about like yeah. violate. Okay. I'm violated. sure there's some handsy moments. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we, we like, we're on top of the crowd crowd surfing, but we're all holding our, holding our junk. <laughs> yeah. You know, guarding you have to, your you have to start wearing cups. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wait, that's funny. Get off my jock. Get off my jock. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, here's a good question from, oh, yeah. uh, Elizabeth from Elizabeth 1580. 1580 and I didn't even realize y- y'all did this yeah oh interesting um what was the best part of touring with NSYNC back in 1999 and be nice oh I didn't realize y'all yeah, toured. We toured together yeah. Oh, yeah that's awesome you know what it was freaking it was awesome like I got that like when I toured with you guys I was like I got the rush back from right. the new kids yeah. you know mm-hmm. it was like this is the this is what I've been through you know this right. is yeah. And and it was so cool like when when I was putting that song Give It To You out, um Johnny Johnny Wright was like he, he just like open arms. Like he it was really cool that that you guys invited me on that tour and and uh like they treated me so well. It was you guys really treated me so well. They put me on right before they went on. And most nights you guys like one of you guys took turns like introducing me which Mm -hmm. was hilarious yeah and um it was a lot of it was a lot of fun man we were so excited to have you because like i said i mean you were such an influence on us i mean we wouldn't be a band without you um so it was and i'm a blockhead you know you're one of the first groups that i was i went to go see a concert of you're probably my second concert Mm -hmm. ever so to to see to have you on tour with us was just a treat but then just to see the NSYNC yeah. fans fall in love with you you know yeah. as a blockhead myself it just made me very very happy yeah thank you man yeah it was it was really you guys were really gracious in doing that and it was it was so cool man it was so cool and we hung out a lot mm-hmm. after the shows on days off it was just um and you guys were loads of fun and I was like, this group, man, I loved you guys. You guys were, because it was, it, I think it was just, it just 
the way the spirit that you guys had, you know, you didn't take it too seriously, no, but no. when it came, but when it came down to business, you handled, exactly. you handled it. Like mm-hmm. you guys were no joke. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could say the same so, about the same thing about your group. Uh, that's very similar to NSYNC is, yeah, you didn't take yourself so seriously. You knew what it was, but yeah, when it came down to business, you, you, you did your job, you knew what you had to do, uh, right. you were focused, but you know, you also you have to fun. have fun with it. Yeah, too. you gotta. Yeah. Right. If you're not having fun, then yeah. why, why are you doing this anyway? All right. So I have a questionnaire from Teen Beat Magazine in the 80s. I want to see if your answers will match today. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this was this was answers I had back then. Yes. Yeah. So it's probably like 1989. Oh, okay. uh, Teen Beat Magazine asks, "What are your hobbies? What are your hobbies?" In '89, mm-hmm. I would say music, playing the keyboard, playing the piano. Um, that's it. It was actually basketball. Oh yeah, basketball. Reading magazines. Reading magazines. You're a big magazine reader. And yeah. going to clubs. And going to clubs. No, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, going to clubs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they're right about that. They're right about basketball. Mm. I don't know about magazines, though. <laughs> Apparently, you love Well, this just... is a magazine saying you like to read magazines. So yeah, I think they probably like yeah, exactly. serving. Uh, going to clubs. How's your club days these years? <laughs> Non-existent. Non-existent, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite drink? Um... Right now, my favorite drink is black cherry seltzer. Oh, that sounds delicious. I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. What was your favorite drink back in the late 80s? Um, White Russian. Uh, Oh, well, Well, you gave a very PG answer. Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. (laughs) Which I guess is kind of related to a white Russian. (laughs) Yeah, true. I did love chocolate milk Mm. back then. Who didn't? I mean, because I can imagine also, like with us, the record label management. Alluded to, look, you got to be clean, guys. Don't be seen with a girlfriend. Yeah. Don't be no drinking, no smoking. So y'all, y'all really, right. you know, you had that innocent image. Was that hard sure. to keep? Yeah. Um. Well, no, it wasn't hard to keep. Um, well, well, we didn't keep it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but was it hard to you know keep quiet? Uh, not too. Uh, no, we. Uh, but no social media. Well, yeah, it's true. Exactly. I think that's what it. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you that's could what just, it was. You could just pretend. If there's rumors, like, well, no one's yeah. gonna really know. Yeah, they prove it. You go to the club and have fun and hang out. Yeah. No cameras. Who, oh, no cameras. Yeah. Who yeah. was your favorite actor? What did you say back in the late '80s? I would say because I was like, I was into those mob movies, uh-huh. um, and we used to watch them on on tour a lot and and reenact them like goodfellas and and the godfather so it'd probably be at that time robert de niro yeah you robert got de niro it. yes <laughs> all right uh biggest uh okay biggest thrill 1989 what's the biggest thrill biggest thrill in 89 i would just say like like having number one records yeah. like that was like we like hit hit the pinnacle and just uh i think we were just living at that time we were just living the dream just yeah. traveling the world and being the biggest thing on the planet yeah yeah you said uh hearing hearing a new kid's song on the radio for the first time yeah so pretty- do you do you remember okay. the first time yeah. you heard your song on the radio yeah um it was on an am station um but it was the station we all listened to 
and even still um like every when you hear your song on the radio there's like a certain uh sound radio has like a compression or something like that where it's, it doesn't sound like if you just popped into your cassette tape or whatever it doesn't sound like that it, it just has a radio sound yeah. and to hear the the DJ introduced the song and to know that everybody in the city is, is hearing the song, you know, it's like, that was a rush for yeah. sure. Oh, it's so great. All right. Before we let you go, I need to know what you're binging, watching, listening to. All right. Give us something television wise. What do we need to be binging right now? Well, everyone's watching. I, I think we just finished. I think it's been finished. Yellowstone, oh, yeah. uh, White Lotus. Oh, yeah. You guys heard of White Lotus? Oh, oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we love our Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, oh, you know what's coming up is, um, I don't know, you guys probably know the show, Succession. I was about to say, oh, Succession I've is one of my favorites. for it to come And it's back. the final season, too. It's coming up. Uh, it's coming is, up. So everyone like the has best to show binge that TV. one. It's so good. We just finished, or we're finishing uh, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, show called Servant. It is a, it's a ride. It is definitely. Hold on. What is it called? Servant. Servant. It's on Apple Plus, right? Apple TV. Oh, okay. It's, Uh, it's a very creepy. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, just like Night Shyamalan, you just never know where it's going. It's (laughs) It's like like the fourth season now and we're still like, I still don't get it. But now it's all making sense. This last season, like, oh, okay. That's, that's what's happening. All right. But yeah, that one's a good one. Um, So what song do you have stuck in your head right now? What are we listening to? Let's see. Oh, what's that? Uh, the the weekend song. Uh, A new yeah. one. Even though we're going through it, da, 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 da. die for you. Yeah, yeah that's nice. die for you. Yes, I think that is the jam. I love that song. And the weekend um, just got named the most popular artist in the world by Guinness Book of World Records this week. How did they measure that? Really? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess through charts and everything from every country i don't know but he's got voted most popular artist like ever in the world got a lot of a lot of good ones a lot of good ones all right and what movie do we need to see (laughs) um oh man yeah i haven't watched a movie i know that's hard for me too a long time everything is like you know you watch series and stuff like that on so true. Netflix yeah, or like whatever. Everything's a movie now. It's just extended movies. Yeah. Exactly. Um man, I don't know. That's a tough one. What movie do y'all need? You know, I've not even seen Top Gun yet. We haven't seen anything. I know. Like I haven't I saw the Everywhere Anything All at Once. That was incredible. Oh, really? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Was it? Oh, I, oh it's I, that's so on my good. list cuz we do just it. watched the whatever, the Emmys or whatever. Yeah, the Oscars. Yeah. Grammys. It's such Oscars. a crazy yeah. <laughs> you're you're almost there. It's uh <laughs> It's it Emmys, is, Grammys, Oscars. It's hands yeah. down like such a wild it wacky It's movie. a fun ride. I, it's so entertaining. Once I cuz I didn't know anything about it and once I finished the movie, I'm like that's going to win movie of the year. There's just something about it. You're just like, it made me feel so good and weird. It's like every genre of movie. Really? It's ridiculous. But you just have to take it for what it is. Because <laughs> a lot of people are okay. like, I couldn't get past the first 15 minutes. But no, stick with it. It's just, it's okay. such a wild ride. It's, I thought it was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right, Jordan. Right, what's next for What's next for you and the guys? How can we yeah. see uh, NKOTB next? We are doing a cruise yeah. this year that... You guys will be on, okay. and um, <laughs> and um, we're doing um, 
the Iowa State Fair. We just did, um, which was really cool, we just did um, a rodeo in Houston, the Houston rodeo. So, like, they have, they've been doing it for years and years, yeah, like 30, 40 years. And it's huge. And uh, we did, it was, like, in an arena, and we all had, like, cowboy hats on and stuff. And, yeah, I saw that footage. Uh, it was, it, yeah, it was so fun. It was so cool. Uh-huh. Uh, so we did, we already did that. And we're doing a thing called BlockCon. Okay. Kind of, kind of like, um, I don't even know what the hell, what is it kind of like? Uh, like what they just did in Connecticut, the 90s con? Like Comic-Con, like, yeah, yeah it's just like, we're going to do like panels and stuff and, and um, talk about different um, topics and things that the, the fans will be interested in. But it's like a, a three-day, it's like a three-day long kind of like cruise, basically. We're going to do shows, yeah. but we're also going to like, do some interesting things like on different topics of, of the group and just kind of like have panels and kind of just talk about things and um, take questions and stuff like that. So we're doing that, um, I think in late May and uh, the Iowa state fair and the cruise. So that's what we're doing this year. And then we're, uh, we're going to be recording an album for a tour that we're doing next year. Oh, so we're going to have a full album soon. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That is great to hear. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I know you're not on social media, so no one's able to really get in touch with you. But what would you like to tell the fans right now? Um, I mean, obviously, just thank you guys for the continued support. Um, we are still we're still together as a group. even though i'm not on social media i'm still you know i'm still thinking of you guys even though i'm not on social media um we're putting together a new album we're we're thinking about you guys and uh we want to make it a great album and we want to put together a great tour for you guys next year so we can all party again and keep the party going yeah that's right well we're all super excited uh any other questions for jordan just dm donnie i'm sure he'll get it to him uh (laughs) but jordan it's always great to see you my man always great to catch up Uh, i've learned a lot more about you which i'm i'm just excited about uh but yeah i'll be seeing you on the cruise because we're booking our ticket yeah yeah do it (laughs) (laughs) all right man thank you so much for being on frosted tips we'll see you later See you guys. Bye, buddy. Later. Bye. Bye. We love our Jordan night. Uh, So, yeah, my sister would be very excited. I should have gotten her. I got her to ask a question. She's the one who made me a blockhead. True. Yeah. And I don't even know if she was like a real blockhead. I think, you know, because when you're that young, you just want to do what everyone else does. Like, I'm cool. I like this group. So, uh, but I know she really is the one who introduced me to New Kids on the Block. And it was awesome. This was for you, Stacey. I was so cool in school. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the New Kids concert last yeah. night. Yeah. Ask me about it. I camped out for tickets. Yeah, I'm a yeah. true fan. True fan. Yeah. Uh, although I had to wear binoculars to see them, but that's okay. It's you know, it's part of growing up. It's okay. So how you had a lazy eye. It was fine back uh, then. Wow. Okay. Whatever. All right. Uh, anything else you would like to say before we let everyone go? They went a little long. Everyone's been asking for longer episodes. So yeah. There you go. You got one, guys. You got a lot of content. Yeah, I know. I know. Is there anything I want to say? Yeah. You good? I'm good. I'm great. Okay. Well, what about you? I mean, I'm good. I'm excited. Well, we're just I, good. We're in Mississippi right now, and it's amazing. And it's good to be with the family. It is. Easter's coming. Woo-hoo. Easter's coming. We got to plan our Easter egg hunt. 
I so know. it's fun because every year I throw an Easter egg hunt for our friends with kids, but now we get kids I know. and we're like, we need to really plan one Hopefully because now they raining. can hold an Easter basket. They can. And, and, and our, our daughter is great at collecting. She's things. a hoarder. She is a hoarder. Complete hoarder. So she is going to be probably the best Easter egg hunter ever. Oh yes. Yeah. She will get those eggs and hoard them. Don't yeah. you dare try to take them from her. No, no. But so, she wouldn't cry if you took it from her. She's no, very she's gentle. very generous. Yeah, she's like, yeah, take it. Yeah, but she will. Alexander would not like if you took his eggs. So no, he would. He's gotten to the point now where he just <laughs> throws his whole body, body to the ground, whole body, and it's like a cartoon where he's like kicking his legs and his arms, and it's such a fake cry. It's a fake like, cry, but total he, fake. And then ten seconds later, he's laughing. He's full on convulsing. Like conv- what? I, I don't know if I said that word right. Convulsing on the floor. Yeah. He's he does that term. Yeah. But he, and he goes, I don't know if parents out there, they do this, but they just go limp, right? Oh. So you're holding them or whatever, and they just don't want it, and they just go limp. If they don't want you, yes. If he doesn't want you to hold them, he will just go, he throws his arms completely up, so he's just like a noodle, and he just arms. slides out of your arms. <laughs> he also has a new thing the other night. Hopefully, this is not like a new thing, and it was just that night. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. God. I was putting him to bed. Well, he did it months ago. Yeah, he did. So and it's not got back. through a habit of like making himself throw up. And he thinks it's so funny. And I'm like, a lot of parents have told me that's a normal thing. Yeah, it is. But he was doing it. I put it out of the bath, get him into bed. He was all cozy, his little pajamas. Yeah. And he's just stick his fingers down and throw it and threw up all over his face. Yeah. And he's laughing with like, and, and he did it twice. He did that to me a couple of times. One in the bed. Yeah, I just put him down and he thought it was so funny and blah, all over his face. And then he did that also one time, again, right after a bath, <laughs> just changing on the changing table. Yes. Blah. And just and laughs, laughs, just thinks it's the funniest. And if thing. you yell at him, say no. Know. The more you yell at him, like no, like angry, like I would be scared mm-hmm. as a child. He thinks it's the funniest oh, yeah. thing. No, he can never be. He scared. never thinks he's being punished. No, he just thinks it's this is what they want me to do. Yeah. So he's the type of person you have to just ignore him. And it sucks to have to just like turn your back on him doing weird stuff like that, but you just have to ignore him. <laughs> I might just have to tape mittens to his hands. Oh, little mittens would be cute on him. I'll be calling mittens. All right. All right, guys. That's all the show we have for you today. Thank you, Jordan Knight, for being with us. Thank you, my hubby, Turkey Turkey. Thank you, my hubby. Um, And yeah, be good to each other out there. Don't drink and drive. Um, Any other? Yeah, be good to your animals. Be good good to the animals. Yeah. Because they'll be good to you. That's right. They're going to be good to you anyway. Yeah. Um, And remember, stay frosty. Hey, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Frosted Tips with Lance and Michael Turgeon Art and at Lance Bass for all your pop culture needs. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars, six if you can. See you next time. Hey, LA, Lance Bass here with the latest in the City of Angels. Immerse yourself in our vibrant fashion scene where exclusive streetwear meets high-end boutiques. Stroll through styles defining our bold, wildly creative city, like the unique finds at Melrose Trading Post, a real LA gem. Explore star-studded experiences on Hollywood Boulevard, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and moments of awe under our legendary blue sky. Picture this. The iconic Griffith Observatory, inspiring directors worldwide. Plan your weekend at discoverla.com. It's the time to leave your mark in the city of angels. Lance Bass, signing off.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 